0: stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens, and Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light.
1: I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Hi and welcome back to Raising Joy. I'm Kristen. Hello, Kristen. I'm Winnie. Yeah, (laughs) we're back. We're back. This
0: is this is gonna be like our last one for a little while. We're coming back, guys. Yeah, but it's just gonna be for the season. That's right. We're gonna take a little break. Which is not bad. Yeah, not it's all. all good because you know I need downtime. Yes, rest and recoup. Yeah, and that's what we do. But that's wonderful. But you know, one of the last times we talked, <laughs> I know it's. I'm bringing I'm it. bringing this up because you had ordered and it's something you wanted, but uh-huh. you had been trying to get uh-huh. was a nutcracker. How's that working out for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so after the podcast, I just get this text from my husband <laughs> of like six feet tall nutcracker boxes outside of my house. I hadn't told him. And he just sends a text. Oh, man. Didn't even tell him. He just sends, are you serious, Clark? Like the (laughs) man. (laughs) So, yes, there are two absolutely beautiful. They are
0: beautiful. I saw the picture.
1: Yes, they're gorgeous. Like two six feet tall nutcrackers. Yeah. I just try my best not to back over them whenever I back out of my driveway. And I'm just glad they're
0: outside. Because, you know, I told you I have this thing about big old Santa Clauses that dance uh-uh. I don't I don't no. do that because I will try to find a pistol. We're yes. going to we're not no we're not doing that in my house. No nope. I'd be scared and frightened behind some <laughs> six foot tall thing trying to do some and it's shaking like and moving.
1: Two o'clock in the morning and yeah, it, it no. just like goes off and yeah, you're no. like, I can't sleep yeah, ever in this house going, again. We're not doing
0: that. <laughs> but something also that was kind of cute that you've done.
1: Yes. Let's talk about the kid
0: Xania thing. What okay. did you do?
1: Okay, so there's this really cool place in Plano called Kid Xania, and it's basically a kid. Town where kids can do jobs and get money, and then they can like spend money at this little store. Oh my. Well, one of the jobs they could do was to be on a podcast. Oh. And so my oldest and her bestie went in and they did a little podcast together. Oh. And then I know I was just like, oh, like, oh
0: the apple world. doesn't fall <laughs> from
1: the tree. And I was like, it's harder than it looks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> But um our um yeah, our music manager mixer Paul will be very upset because they give you a like um, a QR code and you listen to it okay. and the whole thing is jar is like garbled and like I was like I was like I can't even play it for Paul because he will just be upset. Like he'll just be oh, no. mad. It wasn't good. <laughs> it's of not good quality. Yeah. Oh, oh I just I just tune out that part and listen to them talk about um squishies and um uh like Minecraft did. Oh my Roblox. Okay. It's so silly. Anyway, how long was it? How long it's, it's was like it? It's Like the the podcast. Yeah. That you go in there for thirty minutes and they kind of teach you how to do it and put you know and uh-huh, all this stuff uh-huh. and then but the actual thing is like eleven minutes. It's, it's so cute. Oh my! God. I know it was adorable. Okay, I think we're futurizing. This is going to happen. She, she's going to do this. Yes, she would. She's like, I should come on. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, girl. <laughs> you get you you get that degree and then you come on and then you come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta go to
0: school first. For real, yep. For real. Oh my gosh.
1: Well, since it's our final episode, we are excited. We're coming back, and we today are going to talk to Mr. Raymond Turner. Yay! Who is our recording studio producer at Cook Children's? And you may be wondering, why do we have a music producer at Cook Children's? And yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. Welcome to Raising Joy. Ooh, thanks.
2: Good to be here. What's all <laughs>
0: I know Raymond. Raymond is my nephew. I, I call him. I call him my nephew. I was
1: about to say, are you?
0: Yeah, we call. Her. Yeah,
1: I call her auntie.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's my. I call it. I've embraced him.
1: I love it. You, you need your chosen family. Yeah,
0: you know you do have to do that sometimes. So I'm happy to have
2: nephew on here. I know, although I didn't get an invitation for Thanksgiving.
0: No, you're right. Because I was in Oklahoma Um, and I wasn't sure how that was going to pan out. Okay. You know, sometimes you want to invite people and sometimes you're like, wait now, let's see how they do.
2: Okay, okay. Is there anything for me for Christmas? I'll send you what I need. Okay, okay. Uh, That's what aunties do. Okay, yeah, send me your list. Okay, I got you. I got
0: you. Oh my God. Well, you know, Raymond, it is funny that we have a music producer... In a hospital, we have doctors, nurses, techs, all of these other folk that are doing stuff. And now we have a well, we've had this for a while because you've been here
2: uh, almost eight years. Has it been that long? Right, yeah. This month coming up will be eight years.
0: Wow. Okay, so tell us about the studio and what you do as a music producer.
2: Well, it is, it's funny when people, you know, when you go to gatherings and people say, you know, ask you, what do you do do do?" (laughs) at Icebreaker? And I'm the one who always has to pause. And I'm like, okay, just get ready because I know you're going to look, you know, give me the sideways look. Yeah. And then when I tell them, yeah, I'm the recording studio producer at Cook Children's, I still get the look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the way I describe it to people and musicians in particular, um, I tell them it's like the Willy Wonka of you know, music, if you will.
1: Yeah. That's so fun.
2: Yeah. It is a a really unique place. We try to make it very colorful. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you walk in, I think it might be too colorful sometimes the kids get overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah. And they'll come in and they'll look around and then some of them just run out. (laughs) But the ones who are really into music, um, Mm -hmm. it really is a magical place. And that's Mm -hmm. what we wanted it to be captivating. Yeah. And, uh, And it's a unique role and a unique place and something that I'm grateful that Cook Children sees the value of in having, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that yeah you you don't imagine a recording studio in a children's hospital, but once you experience it yeah you it's understand like, why oh this makes perfect sense yeah, for it to be why. in this role.
0: Tell us what the people what people do or patients because of course everything we do is is geared toward the patient right right um so what is it that patients do
2: in the studio. Well, when patients come into the studio, there are a few different things they can do. So it's set up to where we have a ton of instruments. Mm -hmm. And the way I describe it. I've been
0: there. Oh, my God. The the guitars. Guitars, The drums. It's like Guitar Center. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. Like a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And we have some exotic instruments like hand pans and tongue drums and stuff like that that you don't you don't lick the drum. I was going to like, say, I know. tongue drum, are you licking the drum? I was going to say, yeah. I have
1: to take a field trip to the music studio. I got <laughs> to figure out what we're doing over here. But you can see every... It's so cool because when you walk it is by, cool. it's, it's, a it's glass. It's glass, so you glass can wall. See. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We
2: call it the fishbowl. It
0: is. It um, is. I don't know how you get work done because mm-hmm. I would be so <laughs> distracted. <laughs> I've
2: had... To, yeah. It's... You know, just to kind of a side note. It's interesting with it being glassed in because there are people that I only know from the other side of the glass oh my god and yeah they'll tap on the glass and wave and I remember there's this one kid I to this day I have no idea who he is mm-hmm. but he at the it's been several years but at the time he was probably about four or five and he and his mom whenever they would walk by for an appointment mm-hmm. he would stop right by where the console desk is uh-huh. there's a the window he would tap on it and blow me a kiss oh and they would walk. I have never met, met them. The- <laughs> I don't know their names, but Been every, doing that for every time they would years. come, yep, yep. Um, uh, so
0: it's so cute.
2: So, in addition to being being able to explore the space. Um, we obviously have it have it set up to where we can record with patients. We do songwriting sessions mm. um, and voiceovers and all kinds of things in there. So there's a it's kind of like Grand Central Station any given day. Wow.
1: I've had a patient that did that that did a songwriting session and then like made a CD or I, I don't know how you guys share media now. I doubt it's a CD, but um, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, it was it was yeah, it was really therapeutic for her, like very healing to be able to like write songs and record her beautiful voice and to be able to hear, like it was incredible for Aww. her.
2: Yeah. I love what one patient said about the songwriting process. Um, she'd been bullied and she said something so profound. She said, you know, being able to write and record a song is my side of the story mm. that no one can take away. Okay, Taylor and, Swift. And once it's recorded, <laughs> okay. she is.
0: Okay, Taylor Swift, because she tells everything. She does. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's funny. This patient had some other songs we haven't recorded okay. about guys. That, and I'm like, okay, we'll just, that'll Let be side Hold on, D. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Yeah, because wow. yeah, she's known for that. I know. Are you going to write a song about, Yeah.
1: I I am I, I'm afraid to even know her. I I I'm like I don't want to be in a song. I don't want to be good. No, I don't, don't be want bad. to end just, up in a song. Nope, oh, I'm good. Oh my gosh. Absolutely good. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, how do families react to the studio and and the kids being in there and the parents, how do they react to all of that?
2: It's uh it's a bit of again, they're kind of overwhelmed and they come in and they wonder, okay, what what do you do here? What <laughs> happens here? So yeah. I have to kind of explain that process. And I remember one patient we went through the songwriting process, and the mom just kept saying, "I can't believe this is really for us. Like, what do we owe you?" Really? And I'm like, "No, this is this is part this of is, this is part of what, what we, do. we do, and uh, it's for you. It's for your patient." And she just could not believe, wow, you know, that we were able to do that there, and that there was that was it. It was free. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's really great. And
1: that's- for ki- for kids whose like music is their thing, like it is so healing. For them mm-hmm. to like just be able to like get it out. Like, even if they're singing someone else's song, but mm-hmm. it resonated with mm-hmm. them, like that, it, like there's so much healing in music.
0: But yes. it's gotta be too for kids who are not into music, but just maybe discovering
2: mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And we have different levels. So we have songwriting and obviously kids writing their own songs, but we also, for the longest time, uh, every week from three to four, we would have karaoke hour oh, on yeah. Wednesday. Okay. So this was the studio experience for kids who weren't necessarily songwriters, song but they mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, come in, and put the headphones on and be the rock star. Kind of like Auntie Winnie. Yeah, <laughs> She comes in. I was
1: gonna and, uh, say, I'll, go. I I'll go. go. I'll go if you'll go. go. <laughs> I'll go if you'll I, I go. Right, I, I can't sing. You will, like, feel great you about both yourself both are we leave. invited,
2: and I expect you to come and, yeah, one day. like, yeah, yeah, throw down your, your best jam. <laughs> <laughs> so what Typical day look like for you? Oh my goodness! A typical day is not typical. T- it's <laughs> very, very, atypical. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything from projects that I'm in the middle of, songwriting sessions, uh, voiceovers, um, sitting with kids and helping them, you know, learn chords on a ukulele or a guitar, showing them, you know, how to improvise on the piano. Mm. Um, and then working with other departments within the medical center. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And with the broadcast studio, we have our uh, television station. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'm writing theme songs for some of the shows on the television or editing audio from some of that. And uh, so it's there's a plethora of things. It's, there no two days are ever the same, which I love. And uh, I'm just waiting on, you know, you guys to come happened. in for your mixtape so okay, I can but add but that you <laughs> to the but,
0: but, you know, we have a theme song, too, right? I know. We sure do. And the same theme song that we have
1: you wrote. And it's beautiful. It was absolutely perfect. You're wow. looking at me like,
0: oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't remember. You did. It, it's perfect. It, but right. You did it because we were like, okay, oh, yeah, that that's that's our theme.
2: Oh, the uh um... theme
0: song for raising joy.
2: Oh yes. And he's uh, looking the, at me like, he, what the he, hell he, is. But,
1: but but he's done he's done so much. <laughs>
2: But it's there, like, I know there's so many theme songs. And, and, it, like,
1: and it was also really short, right? I mean, it, it was a, long, a few it seconds. Wasn't long. Yeah.
2: You're smiling at me like it was good. So I'm like, okay, it's fantastic. good. Whatever I did it, was good.
1: It was perfect. It was perfect. I listened to all of them with my family. Because <laughs> like, you sent us five. Yes. And we're like, oh, hey, yes. what, do you, guys, what yes. do you guys think? And we listened to them all. And then we all voted like this was the best one. And yeah. then that was the one yeah. like everybody else agreed to.
2: Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) You knocked it out
0: of the park. (laughs) It's hopeful. Boy, he does a lot. He doesn't remember. That's what
1: I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) So, you named the studio Sparklefly. Like what? What's kind of the meaning behind that? For
2: real. Well, over the the years, you know, working with patients and song, the songwriting process, um. The patients kind of open up not only about lyrics, but they start talking about their lives and things that they're going through. And so during the course of some of these songwriting sessions, some of these patients were going through some incredible things. Mm. Whether it's the challenges of figuring out how their families are going to pay their their medical bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them were being bullied in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them being bullied for, you know, having to wear devices right. for their medical treatment. Right, right. And so the whole time I'm thinking, but they're not ever complaining about it. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of matter of fact. And then they would just light up and we would just continue writing songs. And the whole time I'm thinking I would be a basket case, Mm -hmm. you know. If I were that kid. And having to deal with the physical issues as well that they're they're dealing with. And so during this process, I kept envisioning and thinking about fireflies. Mm
3: -hmm. Because
2: as these patients are talking, they're dealing with some incredible, devastating things in their lives. Yeah. And when you talk about fireflies, they they are such anomalies because, number one, they're not plugged in. Mm-hmm.
0: And Haven't they, seen one in years, but go and, on. Yeah. yeah.
2: And but they you only see them. Yeah. Normally at twilight or at night. Yeah. That's when they shine brightest. When mm. their backdrop is the darkest. Hmm. And so. The based on the concept of a a firefly, I just thought Sparklefly would be kind of a different play on it. Just, you know, as musicians, we always want to do something different.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And so really that's where that came out of was, Mm. number one, these patients who are lighting up this place when they come in to write songs, but the backdrop of their lives are so dark. Mm. But then also the sparks of ideas that they bring, you know, they may bring a a verse or a melody or a couple of words Mm -hmm. and out of those sparks, if you will, we, you know, we kind of breathe on them. We do what we do, and all of a sudden there's a song that comes out of this mm. that more came out of it than what they put into it. So Sparklefly, Fireflies, and then Sparkle Fly, Sparkle of Ideas. Okay, that's beautiful.
0: that'll preach all day long.
2: That is, that'll just just
0: preach in a pulpit. I'm beautiful. not wow. 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 That's <laughs> beautiful. It really will. That's, that's great. Nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the special projects that you worked on because you've had some that are really good. Not all of it's good, but yeah, some that are more special than others.
2: Yeah, there, there are a couple. Um, before I get to kind of the, the mm-hmm. bigger ones, um, there was a, a project, there was an album we were working on called We Rise. I say album, you know, I, I know there are no albums these days. Um, but we were working on a project, and there was a patient who came in, and she wanted to write a song. Her dad wanted her to write something upbeat, and mm-hmm. so... I had seen her when I first started working there. She was walking at the time. Mm-hmm. But by the time we started working on this album, she was in a wheelchair and came in and um, she sat right by the booth. Now, normally my process is we'll kind of do a scratch vocal, if you will, and then we'll have the patient come back and we'll put him on the good microphone in the mm-hmm. booth and mm-hmm. produce mm-hmm. it out. And it sounds really cool. Well, I put a microphone right you know, up to her, she was in the wheelchair right next to me and by the time I could even get the computer on, she was like, okay, I'm ready. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, well, I'm okay. not ready. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. Yeah. Um, And gave her some chords to work with mm-hmm. and so by the time we got done, she was like, you know, I really, I want you to just delete it and I was like, baby girl, hang on, we're not going to delete this because yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. I said, but if I were to produce this out, what would you want it to sound like? Mm-hmm. And so she told me and uh, over the course of the next few months, I was working on the song. We had a few other patients involved in the process, and none of them ever met. And right as we were getting for the CD release, mm-hmm. um, I got a call that she had, was back in the hospital. And I said, mm-hmm. "Awesome!" I wanted to hear how the song's developed, mm-hmm. and they told me that she had just passed away.
0: Oh, no.
2: so it was one of those things where I did produce the song out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, But that was the realization that Mm. some of the things that I record in moments of light, Mm -hmm. if you will, in the Mm -hmm. daylight, Mm -hmm. um, often become the legacy project Mm. and the last thing that she ever recorded on this earth. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, But I'm grateful for, you know, those moments where Mm -hmm. we can capture those things. Um, one of the, along those same lines of capturing legacy projects are the heartbeat songs. Mm. And these are where we um, capture the heartbeats of terminal babies, children, mm. um, even some teenagers. And we'll meet with the family. Um, and even if some cases, if the child is able to tell us, we'll talk with them and they'll let us know a song that's been really meaningful to them. Maybe it's a lullaby that their parents sang to them. Mm-hmm. Or it's a, a pop song or a country mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. We've even done a Viking song mm-hmm. um, for a teenager. But the whole thing revolves around rearranging that song from the ground up. So it, it's like a production meeting where we sit and we talk about instrumentation that they may want or something that is specific to their age. Mm-hmm. And we will re-record that song, rearrange it. In many cases, um, using the tempo of their heartbeat as the guide of the tempo. So, in some cases, the song may end up being completely different. You know what song it is, mm-hmm. but it may be, you know, quite a bit, considerably slower mm-hmm. or a lot faster
0: because of the heartbeat.
2: Because of the, the tempo of the heartbeat. Now,
0: do you actually go in and record the heartbeat of a child in when they're in the hospital?
2: Um, Well, our our music therapists are the ones who are, they're on the floors, and so they'll get the referral, um, so they'll record the heartbeat. We have a a very, very powerful digital stethoscope. Okay, okay. And then once they capture the heartbeat, then they'll bring it to me, and we'll sit down and transfer it, you know, Mm. into the computer. Mm. And we never manipulate the tempo of the heartbeat, so whatever we get is what we have to work work with. with. And, uh, And yeah, so from there, that's where the talk begins about. Well, what instrumentation do we want to use? Do we want to do a a string arrangement of the song? Um, Do we want to have a vocal on the song? Or in some cases, we may have someone hum um, the lyrics of the song. Mm. So we have that creative liberty, but we always try to get as much as we can from the patient or the family as far as what they want.
0: With that heartbeat being the very soul of that song. Absolutely. Um, I think we have an example yeah of one of those songs and i think we would it would be good to listen to that and see what it sounds like right now yeah Okay. I would imagine that for our listeners, that's the first time they've ever heard anything like that. I've worked at Cook Children 18 years and I've never heard it. That's, that's amazing. And I would imagine that for a parent who knows that child is transitioning, and I know that that's a soft word, but that is a meaningful gift for them to be able to hear that heartbeat surrounding that song.
2: Yeah. I often, um, often say, you know, there are a lot of amazing things that I get to do at the hospital. Um, but for me, that's the, the pinnacle, if I could say that Mm. of what I get to do, Mm. um, because it's so honoring Mm. to, not only the families, but the, the patient and what it's it's one of those things I don't even feel worthy to be able to do Mm. because it's such a holy thing Mm -hmm. to be able to, um, sit in a room and knowing that this, this heartbeat that I'm hearing is a child that, um, came into the hospital with a a family Mm. and the family is leaving, leaving without that child. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, I'm still, but I'm still sitting here Mm -hmm. with their life beat, if Mm -hmm. you will, Mm -hmm. and working with sounds and and textures. And so for me, um, we do a lot of recording projects and albums and I get to work with cool sounds and things. And for me, this is no different. Mm. Like the, 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 the passion and the intent that goes into each one of these Mm. is just, if not, if not even more so important, because I realize that this is what these families will have for the rest of their lives, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, to remind them of their child. And in essence, when they, whenever they listen to it, he's or she is still living for them. Um, so it really is an honor to be able to, to do these.
0: Have you heard from parents? What do they say to you?
2: Well, uh, many times we will send the recording to the the parents. We've we've only had maybe a couple of instances where um, the child actually had the opportunity to hear it mm. before they passed away, mm. and that was, uh, if I could say, deeper, where it's done, and now the child is in the studio listening to it, mm-hmm. and then. You know, a couple of weeks later, that's being played at their funeral. Um, that's, that's tough. And um, we've probably had one instance where um, the parents um, were able to come back after the case. And I remember the, the dad told me, he said, I've, you know, I drove probably 100 miles from where they lived. And he said, I got here and I turned and just drove back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He said I couldn't come in, mm-hmm. and uh, but when they were finally able to, um, it was just an incredible moment. Mm-hmm. And um, so sometimes we hear back from the families, and sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. But I, in in either case, I understand mm-hmm. either way. Sure. Yeah, sure. it's it's a it's a difficult thing, but as long as they have that and they know the heart intent that came with it, mm-hmm. sure. I, I understand that situation. Oh my gosh. But how
0: special the the living beat of that child is hot yeah, song. Yeah, is is in longevity now. You know. Uh, what yeah. I mean, that's a gift. Mm-hmm. That's truly a gift. Such a gift.
1: A gift. It, 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 it is priceless.
0: It is. You couldn't put money on that. No. And no. and then, you know, like you said, to have that played at a at a memorial or at a funeral, and and people hearing that, but I guarantee you, our our, our listeners have never heard that before.
1: I haven't. I've yeah, here. same same as you.
0: You know, and that's that's incredible.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
2: Why do you do this work? Uh, mm. uh, how much time we have? <laughs> um, I can't not do it. And um, I remember when I first started working here. And uh, I told someone, I said, um, I feel like when I started working at Cook Children's, you know, I stepped into what I was created to do. <laughs> and um, so it really isn't, you know, I, I still sometimes think, okay, I'm going to wake up yeah, and I'm going to be like, you know, in back in some Montana somewhere, like, just this <laughs> you know, abducted by aliens and this was all a dream. <laughs> um, but no, I, I really... I do this because I've learned through, through a very difficult time in my life before I came here, I learned a couple of different lessons. The first lesson I learned was sometimes the most important things that we, we, we give Mm -hmm. are the things that we give when we don't think we have anything to give Mm. and giving out of sometimes what seems like a deficit Mm -hmm. or a lack Mm -hmm. still giving, um, so in that sense, that's also what these projects are, you know, I talk to the patients about is when you're in the hospital, you don't feel like you have anything to give. You feel broken. Um, you feel like, man, I, I'm i just at the mercy of what happened to me. And I tell nope, no, nope. mm. we're going to turn that around because you have something, even when you don't think you have something to give. You do. Yes, you do. And something that will benefit someone else. Mm. And the other lesson I have learned in this is that You know, you hear it's it's better to to give than to receive. receive. And we think of that in terms of money or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But I've learned that the biggest blessing is being in a position to be able to serve and to be able to give. Mm. And so in that sense, yeah, this is considered work. But at the same time, it really is an opportunity to serve and to continue to give, Mm -hmm. even on days where I feel like I can't do this. Anymore. I can't. I, <laughs> and I've had those moments. Yeah. yes, yeah. This is hard. I'm this like, is really hard. I don't know if I can do this. And there's that resilience and that reminder of, yeah, that then that's the most important time to continue to do it and to mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. is when you feel, obviously you have to take care of yourself and refill. Mm. But you know those moments when the weight of what you're doing is on you. Okay. And you feel it, you know, some days more than others. And out of that, you're like, okay, okay, let me let me put my shoulder... Let me stand up. Let me push do what through. I need to do. Push, push through. through. Um, because there are others mm-hmm. depending on mm-hmm.
0: me. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't let you out of here. Uh-oh. <laughs> i are not saying I am He's not hot no. no, I can't <laughs> let you out of here without talking about your sister.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: I cannot let you walk out of here without telling the story about you sitting in that fishbowl that we just (laughs) talked about where everybody walks by and sees you through the window. Everybody, hundreds, Mm -hmm. maybe thousands of people Mm -hmm. in a given week, see you sitting at the console every day and people are seeing you. I cannot let you walk (laughs) out without telling me, telling our listeners about how you came to be um, connected to somebody you really didn't know.
2: Yeah, just the I'll give you the kind of the high points. Um, yeah, this was crazy, um, and th- it was last year or what are we in twenty twenty three? So twenty twenty two. My wife had gotten me a twenty three and Me test that Christmas
3: mm-hmm.
2: prior, and so the whole reason was not for to see if I had siblings or anything, it was just to figure out where I was from in Africa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because throughout the years, I've had people, random people. I go to Disney World, I go to Animal Kingdom, <laughs> I go to the booth to buy a bracelet, and I told her, the first thing the guy's going to ask me is, where are you from in Africa? Like, And, <laughs> and lo and behold. Mm-hmm. And so finally got to the point, it was so uncanny over, over the years, and I said, I've got to figure this out. Because they would always say a specific place, like Cameroon. Okay. okay, okay. So she, we, she got the DNA test, waited several months, and it took long, and I told her, I said, I broke this thing. I said, <laughs> My, I said there were probably so many, you know, offshoots and whatnot, and, um, and I was joking with her. So I got the results um, one day, and so I waited until I got home, to figure out, to show my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're going to crack the code. We're going to figure this out. <laughs> where I'm from, finally solve it once and for all. So I don't have to be embarrassed when I yeah, go to Disney yeah, World yeah, anymore. Yeah, wherever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing that popped up was the a name and a DNA percentage, half sister. And I told her, I said, see, this thing was broken. I told mm. you this is, what is this? And so I sat there looking at it. And so we tried to figure out who this person was. We took to Facebook, which is what you do when you're trying to figure out someone, put in a name. She was the only person by that name on Facebook. But I still couldn't figure out who does she look like. Mm -hmm. I had no clue. So Mm -hmm. my wife did some more digging and found Mm -hmm. a phone number Mm. and wanted to call. And I was like, we are not calling.
1: (laughs) Out of the blue. Out of the blue. Hey, it's your brother. Yeah. (laughs) Hey,
2: coming over for Thanksgiving. And uh, so about a week later, after finding the results, uh, there was a day, and it was a very frustrating day. Um, my youngest had had an appointment, and so it was only supposed to be a short appointment. It took a very long time. He had to get some blood work, blah, blah, blah. My badge broke.
1: So and you had, can't do anything in a hospital without a badge? You can't badge. do badge. anything with a ba- without Mm-mm. a badge. So
2: I had to go over and try to get another badge, but the office was closed because it was lunch. <laughs> <laughs> my The internet wasn't working. <laughs> I, oh, couldn't, no. I couldn't get into my uh, email from my laptop, phone, nothing. nothing. And you it's were one not of those days where you're like, what is going on? Oh yeah. I didn't say it as nicely as that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I sat at my, my, de- my the computer, the fishbowl, if you will, finally after lunch. And this was probably about a 30-minute window where I was sitting in there, which mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and tried to get something done. And then I went and got my badge, came back. And my wife calls me and I'm like, oh, what now? <laughs> and she said that this woman had made contact with her. And so I was like, what? And so, you know, there's this text thing happening via Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. And through that, the, so while they were texting back and forth, um, Christina, mm-hmm. my sister, mm-hmm. friended my wife on Facebook. And then she's found my Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Wait a minute, your husband works at Cook Children's." And my wife's like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. She's like, "What color shirt was he wearing today?" Now remember, I was only in the fishbowl for, for about, about thirty, 30 minutes. minutes, and my wife didn't even know. And I was like, "Great, honey, you pay attention <laughs> to So she's like, "What color was your shirt? Was you wearing? Were you wearing today?" And you know, red shirt. Mm-hmm. And that's when finally they called each other, and Christina said that her and her husband. They had just been at Cook Children's. They were at the Lego model, which is (laughs) right right across from the studio, the fishbowl. She said she turned around. She saw me in there. noticed the embroidery on my shirt. Uh And her husband said, man, I would love to meet that guy in there because it looks like he's working on some cool music. And they kept on walking to their appointment. Mm. So about an hour and a half later is when all this went through on Facebook Messenger. They made the connection. Yeah. And so, yeah, so...
0: One thing leads to another, and here you have, you know, presto, buncho.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You've got a sister. And they have been coming to Cook Children's since 2015.
1: Ah. Oh, my gosh.
2: Which, take a wild guess, when I started working at (laughs) Cook Children's, 2015. (laughs) So for six and a half years... She had been coming back and forth. But had never come into the studio... Or the Child Life Zone. They had always looked at the Lego model. But it wasn't until that day. That they recognized. Or saw you. A week after getting the DNA results. Yeah. That, to that day, that she noticed my shirt color, the embroidery print in in my shirt. Uh Uh-huh. And we found out that we were siblings. That is wild. She had been adopted when she was three months old. Yeah. So she never knew I existed, and I never knew she existed.
0: All because of the fishbowl.
2: That's All because so of the cool. fishbowl.
1: <laughs> That's incredible.
2: It's crazy. It still blows my mind talking about it.
0: Like, <laughs> and I know this because we found out about it. I don't even remember how we found out about it. I think you That's told cool. us. That's you cool. told yeah. us. You told us. And, you know, we even, you know, we pitched it to, to, to news and they did a story on it. I absolutely did. It's, absolutely did.
2: It was. So and
0: she's been in the military, right? She still is. She's okay. in the Air
2: Force. Mm-hmm. And, um. Amazing and
0: did not live that far, did she?
2: Lived in Keller. Yeah, yeah. And but you live in Watts, Wattsahatchee. Well, we moved here from Houston. Okay. And but we lived out in we live out in Alito. Oh, Alito. She works. You know, she lived in Keller. Works at the Air Force Base. So Mm -hmm. every morning, I was driving past. You know, on thirty, driving past.
1: (laughs) Twenty three and Me, if you're listening, we have a great
2: commercial for you.
1: (laughs) That,
0: I'm oh, 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 we, we reached oh, 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 out oh, oh, oh. Trust, trust me just like
1: wrap that up in a bow i say yeah. 23
2: and me destroying one life at a time like or
1: making it you got and, a and sister making,
2: yeah not, that's not, incredible oh, no i didn't mean destroying my life but I <laughs> i'm covering <laughs> these things yeah, you know people that people
0: may not want but, exactly but now you you, you get it but yeah that, that that's I think, incredible i think it is and i think that fishbowl thing is just like that was really special yeah, it is yeah, wild. It that is. that is that is so wild. Amazing. And it just makes you think about it. Now you you've done TED talks, right? I did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's giggling. Scary.
0: That's scary. Am I scared? <laughs> Am I nervous?
2: No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Remember, I have blackmail material on you. <laughs> yeah, <yet>. that's true. <laughs> so you're good.
0: <laughs> so you gave a TED talk like um, last spring. What was that about, and how did that come about?
2: That came about. Um, actually, as a result of me meeting my sister in that story, and so they contacted me, and what was really funny is, so they sent a list of, like, things that you can talk about, mm-hmm. things you can't talk about, and so I read the the list of things, and they wanted something persuasive, something that, you know, you could argue. Mm-hmm. So I wrote them back, and I said, I my story really really doesn't fit that. I'm yeah, not trying I'm not to convince argue. anyone, yeah. so I'm going to respectfully decline and she called me back, and she was like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to decline. We we just want your story. Okay. And so then it really morphed into talking about the studio, the work at Cook Children's. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, it was a pretty daunting process for mm. anyone who's, if you've never done a TED Talk, which I never had. I had no idea what it entailed. But leading up to it, it was about five to six months. mm and you have to submit scripts, and you, in the the final one you actually you actually have to have it memorized.
0: <laughs> Lost me there. <laughs>
2: so yeah. Lost me there. What if
0: you
1: have ADHD and you memorized it, but then you forgot and got distracted <laughs> by the shiny penny at the back? This is why they'll never ask me to do a tattoo.
2: Oh my god. They know better. Yeah. It was it was uh, just it was an honor. It was a very cool process. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's awesome.
0: Wow, aren't we special?
1: I I do. <laughs> I I just feel. Well, we'll we'll just skip to the part that we're thankful. P- okay, for. okay.
0: Let's let's do grateful. And let's I'm let's just grateful. grateful
1: for like just genius, like creative genius and compassion and all of the weird things that happen <laughs> in life, but come together <laughs> in the best way. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just. Yeah. But but really, like just. Hearing musical people talk about how they do, it's just so intriguing to me because that's not how my brain works at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just grateful for genius, mm-hmm. like creative like creative genius. Mm-hmm. I really okay. am.
0: I'm going to go before you because you're going to end up saying what I think you want. But I, I'm going to say it first. i am I'm grateful for the experience that you had leading up to this point. Wow. Because that prepared you for what you're doing now. All of that, all of what happened prior to Cook Children's, uh, prior to 2015 when you came here, uh, prepared you for what you're doing now and assisting and making sure people have um, a memory, a legacy, Mm -hmm. um, and something that they can hold on to and feel good about even after a child has died. That's
2: what I'm grateful for. Wow. (laughs)
0: Because it takes that, my friend. It does. I mean, it takes because I don't, and I don't even know. I don't even know. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know what bridge you had to cross. I don't know what storms you had to endure. I don't know what things you had to undertake, what got you here. Because even as you're talking, I'm thinking, Okay, when you go to college, what do you do? I want to I want to be sparkle fly producer. How do you What do you how do you even think that this is what you're going to do? How do you prepare for that? You don't. Right. You really don't. You just you allow life to do what it does and you take the muscle and the strength from all the stuff that has happened and even in the dark times there mm-hmm. is strength that comes from that. Yes. And mm-hmm.
1: then you put that into that fishbowl mm. and grateful for that. And you have to have been through it to be able to yeah, really walk along yeah. beside someone who's going through yeah. it. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you for saying that. And I am, that's part of my gratefulness. Okay, I knew it would be. That's why I said it
0: first. <laughs> that's why I said it first. That's why I said it first, so I didn't have anything else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you yeah, know, it yeah. really is, you know, the song titles, you know, God bless the broken road, mm-hmm. the dance.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. way I describe it to people is it's not, you know, people say coming full circle. I think it's more of like concentric circles where mm-hmm. there's, there are these moments that happen. And to your point, Winnie, you said, well, I don't know what you've gone through and bridges. Let me just say that they're to encourage anyone because
3: mm-hmm.
2: there, there were moments in my life where I did not want to live and make it through. okay And I almost didn't. okay. And so those moments, the the resilience, those concentric circles where you go through something and it's not that you go around and it, it connects, but you go around and you see that moment. Mm. But now you're in the redemptive part of the circle where mm. that moment didn't make sense then. Mm-hmm. But now you realize that what you went through went through, was for someone downstream who needed okay. what, you, what you had to wade through. Mm-hmm. And you go around and you go, oh, that moment, I didn't realize why I felt broken and why that happened, why we lost our first child, mm-hmm. our daughter, stillbirth. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. But then now when I'm sitting with mm-hmm. a heartbeat mm-hmm. and I realize, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, I'm able to give. And honor your child. And and to give the sound mm. to give the sound. Yeah. That yeah. we didn't hear. Oh gosh. And you in those those coincentric circles. And so yeah, there's there's no there isn't a college course or anything that
0: prepares <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, yeah, I'm Where, gonna I'm gonna major in sparkle Yeah <laughs> No. You can't do it.
2: So I am I am thankful to God for his grace in those moments. And being able to see the redemptive portions mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. and being able to sit with with students, patients, and encourage them and go, yeah, you're going to make it. You, you can make it. Yeah. You're going to make it through this. Yeah. Um, obviously grateful for my family. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my wife, mm-hmm. my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just grateful to be, as I said previously, being in a place to be able to give. And to be able to share with patients not only what I've gone through, but for them to to glean some nuggets of of, of you know from that, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and being able to say, yeah, what you're going through right now is difficult. It seems like it's going to crush you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but all of those that that pile of rubble will one day become a mm-hmm. mountain mm-hmm. that you're going to be able to walk over. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening right now is your your feet are being prepared to walk. Over there. Over those mountains. Mm. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like it right now. And you can't see it. But all that tapestry, it's going to come together. Mm-hmm. Those threads will come mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And I can I can say that without a doubt, it will come together. And be beautiful. And be absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Something that people won't believe when they see. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because all of these disparaged elements, they, they don't make sense by themselves. Yeah. But when that tapestry comes together, that's when you go, okay, now I get it. Okay. I I get it. I get it now. I get it. Wow. Okay. That. (laughs) But
1: that, this is the genius that I'm talking, like you, you have that artistic ability and way of thinking about things that puts all the things that people who don't think like that into words and music and create, like you're just able to communicate for us things that we don't know we need to. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but yeah, like, I, I just am so grateful yeah. for that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm and you know, for and,
0: and when, you know, we've talked about raising joy and joy has a meaning, mm-hmm. you know, just breathe, open up and you matter, but just breathe. For me, that is pause. Mm-hmm. Just pause because mm-hmm. baby, what you're going through right now, mm-hmm. when you get moved past this, if you just pause for a second. We'll get through it. Mm-hmm. We can get through it. Don't do anything. Just pause. Yeah. And and we'll get past it, and you'll look back at it, and you'll say, oh, okay, now I get it. So I'm glad you said that. You know, that just took me out.
1: Okay, Me too. I know. I'm like, no notes. Well,
0: thank you for listening to this episode of Raising Joy. You know, I want you all to have a really, really wonderful holiday season. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see you in 2024. But as we always say, (laughs) until then, just breathe. Open
1: up. You You matter. matter.